0: Hello, I'm Father Joe Roche of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Thank you for joining us as we continue with our year-long journey reading the diary of St. Maria Faustina Kowalska from beginning to end. Today we take up from where we left off, beginning with diary entry number 769. I have noticed that the Lord grants this grace to souls for two purposes. The first is when the soul is to do some great work, which is, humanly speaking, absolutely beyond its power. In the second case, I have noticed that the Lord grants it in order that kindred souls might be guided and set at peace, although the Lord can grant this grace as He pleases and to, to whomever He pleases. However, I have noticed this grace in three priests, one of whom is a secular priest probably Father Sapochko, and the other two religious priests, probably Father Elter and Father Andrash, and also in two religious sisters, probably Mother Michael and Sister Mary Joseph, but not in the same degree. As for myself, I received this grace for the first time, and that, for only a brief moment, in the 18th year of my life, within the octave of Corpus Christi, June 18th to 25th, 1925. During Vespers, when I made to the Lord Jesus the vow of perpetual chastity, I was still living in the world, but I entered the convent soon afterwards. The grace lasted for a very brief moment, but its power was great. After this grace, there was a long interval— it is true that I received many graces from the Lord during this interval, but they were of a different order. It was a time of trials and purification. The trials were so painful that my soul felt as though it, were be- it was being totally abandoned by God, and it was steeped in profound darkness. I became aware and understood that no one would be able to bring me out of these moments or even understand me. There were two occasions when the soul was plunged into despair, once for half an hour and the second time for three-quarters of an hour. Just as I cannot describe the greatness of the graces, so too with these ordeals sent by the Lord, whatever words I might use, they are only a pale shadow of the reality. However, just as the Lord plunged me into these torments, so too he brought me out of them. Only this lasted for a few years, after which I again received this extraordinary grace of union, which has continued to this day. Still, during the second period of union, there also have been short interruptions. But for some time now, I have not experienced any interruption at all. On the contrary, I am more and more deeply steeped in God. The great light which illumines the mind, gives me a knowledge of the greatness of God. But it is not as if I were getting to know the individual attributes as before. No, it is different now. In one moment, I come to know the entire essence of God. In that same moment, the soul drowns entirely in him and experiences a happiness as great as that of the chosen ones in heaven. Although the chosen ones in heaven see God face to face and are completely and absolutely happy, still their knowledge of God is not the same. God has given me to understand this. This deeper knowledge begins here on earth depending on the grace given, but to a greater extent it also depends on our faithfulness to that grace. However, the soul receiving this unprecedented grace of union with God cannot say that it sees God face to face, because even here there is a very thin veil of faith, but so very thin that the soul can say that it sees God and talks with Him. It is divinized. God allows the soul to know how much He loves it, and the soul sees that better and holier souls than itself have not received this grace. Therefore, it is filled with holy amazement, which maintains it in deep humility, and it steeps itself in its own nothingness and holy astonishment. And the more it humbles itself, the more closely God unites himself with it and descends to it. The soul at this moment is, as it were, hidden. Its senses its senses are inactive. In one moment, it knows God and drowns in him. It knows the whole depth of the unfathomable one, and the deeper this knowledge, the more ardently the soul desires it, him. St. Faustina continues to write about her interior life here. She is like St. John of the Cross and St. Teresa of Avila, She writes in a simple way that we can all understand. For this reason, her diary is a great treasure for all those who wish to grow in the spiritual life. She observes how God acts in the souls of Father Sopachko, Father Andras, and Father Elter, and two sisters from her order. All of them have received some degree of this grace of union with God. So God Grants them special graces to fulfill a specific mission and to help them to guide other souls, so that their heart so the hearts of those souls will be at peace. It seems that many of them have received this special grace precisely because they are in contact with Saint Faustina. Faustina writes of the hills and the valleys of her spiritual life. It's like a soldier in basic training. Sometimes we have to experience pain pain and difficulties in order to grow stronger and then sometimes God gives us great joys and peace to reassure us. She writes that the way that we experience God here on earth is very different from the way we will experience him in heaven. Here we can only catch a glimpse of God behind a veil and even that is only for a chosen few souls. Heaven will be a whole new level of interaction with God. And then she writes that some are given even more graces to know God completely. Uh, We are like babies trying to understand college courses. The important thing to remember is love. We are loved by God, and He asks us to love Him in return.